Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're talking about the election of Louis Inacio Lula da Silva, widely known as Lula, as president for a third term in Brazil, and the impact that's going to have on M&A. Joining me is Carlos Martinez, who's the deputy editor for Merger Market in Latin America. Hi, Carlos. Thanks very much for joining me today. Hi, Juliana. Thank you for having me. So can we start with looking at the kind of the broader picture? Deal making in Latin America in 2022, how has it been during the year and has it recovered from the pandemic slump? It's been a rough five years for M&A activity in Latin America. Deal activity dropped dramatically in 2018 following the oil price crash. It recovered slightly in 2019 just to drop again in 2020 due to COVID. It rebounded strongly uh, 2021, making it the, be- the best deal-making year since 2012, but will drop again this year to 2019 levels, more or less. As the region continues to deal with the effects of the pandemic, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and now fears of our recession. Um, but Brazil still concentrates 66% of all deals and 50, um, 56% of all deal value, with uh, one deal over $2 billion mark and two between $1 and $1 billion. So it was not a great year, but not as bad as people expected. And you mentioned Brazil. That's what we're going to be talking about today. What effects will the election of Lula for a third term as president have on Brazil's M&A activity? Because he's got a very different approach to the previous presidents. Correct. The difference couldn't mean no uh, major, major differences. So we expect privatization of government companies and assets to slow down under Lula. So the union leader turned politician has historically tried to grow, not reduce the role of of government. Uh, For example, during Lula's first two terms in office from 2003 to 2010, Brazil recorded only six privatization deals, excluding oil and gas lease auctions. Uh, By contrast, Jair Bolsonaro has overseen 35 privatization deals during his single term administration. Plus. On the campaign trail, Lula pledged not to pursue major privatization schemes. And we heard from our sources that in the past, Lula's working, Workers' Party has used um, government-owned companies as policy-making tools. Uh, for example, during the administration of Lula's protege Dilma Rousseff from 2011 to 2015, State-run oil company Petrobras lost billions of dollars selling imported fuel at a loss because the government insisted on keeping fuel prices artificially low to help cap inflation. Uh, but, but, any, but yet, Brazil will continue to be Latin America's most active M&A market. The South American country has concentrated at least, I would say, half of all M&A activity since at least uh, 2008, and next year should be no different. Uh, and what are you hearing from your sources in reaction to Lula's election? Well, sort of, uh, there's going to be a, a big change between uh, Bolsonaro and Lula. Obviously, uh, Lula is more left of centre. Bolsonaro is the complete opposite on the political spectrum. Um, there's going to be a, a brief focus on different sectors. Uh, Bolsonaro was big on mining, cattle ranching, 
uh, Lula is more focused on the environment. So it was a very polarizing um, election. Uh, and now, uh, both during the, the campaign trail, both Lula and Bolsonaro try to distance themselves from each other as much as possible. Uh, and one issue in which two politicians have opposing views is the environment. So during Bolsonaro's uh, uh, time in office, uh, an area one and a half size the U.S. state of Maryland or twice the size of Wales, if you're in the U.K., was cleared in the Amazon. Uh, Lula has, has sort of promised to protect the Amazon, and he actually received a superstar welcome at the COP27 summit in, in Egypt. So that is one of the, the main differences that that's going to be. Lula is going to focus all of its economic development policy making uh, towards protecting the the environment, and and in terms of the uh, MA, this could lead to more deal making in in Brazil's renew, renewable energy sector, which has contributed to more than. $9 billion in, in deal value in the country's utility and energy sector. That's the sector we sort of, we, we follow. More than three quarters of the new power additions in Brazil last year came from solar and will, and, and wind, sorry. So renewable energy, it, it's growing, but it's going to be supercharged under, under Lula. Or, or that's what sources believe it's going to happen. So a big focus on the environment and renewables. And so that's potentially a hot sector within Brazil. But next year is expected to be challenging for Latin America more broadly, as you alluded to earlier on, as the region continues to grapple with the after effects of COVID-19 and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The IMF has lowered its growth projection for Latin America to 1.7% in 2023. What kind of impact do you think it's going to have on M&A activity for next year? What do you expect to see? I expect next year to be a challenging year for, for Latin America. Uh, for instance, while, while the region's average inflation is forecast to decrease from about 9% to 6%, core inflation, which is, which tracks the real cost of goods and services, excluding food and energy, will continue to hover around 10% in Brazil and Colombia. Uh, on top of that, governments across the region, especially those that spend heavily during the pandemic, such as Colombia, will have to tighten their belts and, and amid rising interest rates, rocketing inflation, slowing growth, as you mentioned, and sinking currencies. Uh, not to forget Latin America's regular dose of political turmoil and policy uncertainty. So Peru, as you probably know, just sworn in its sixth president since 2018. Colombia's first ever left of center president, Gustavo Petro, is threatening the country's oil and gas industry by not saying whether his government is will grant new oil and gas leases, and not to mention Chile, where the government of Gabriel Boric wants to dismantle the country's pension system. All of this is making investors worry, not to mention the pullback in venture capital funding, uh, which in November saw its lowest levels in years. In, in fact, several High-profile Latin American startups like um, used card online platform Kavak and PropTech La House have already announced lay layoffs. So all of this suggests it will be a, a pretty slow year in terms of M&A deals. And that's what we're hearing from our banking sources. And a lot of those are macroeconomic factors that are affecting a lot of different regions, but some of those are very specific to Latin America. 
So a challenging year ahead, but where are the bright spots? You've touched on the environment and renewables. I spoke to one of your colleagues recently. We're talking about the pet care industry, which is booming. Can you tell us where you think the bright spots will be in 2023 for M&A in Latin America? Yes, of course. I, I, I think the bright, bright spot is going to be, it, it will become a buyer's market. So the pullback in MBC funding, uh, for instance, will adjust Valuations of startups, which according to many of our sources had reached unsustainable levels following since the launch of SoftBank's first $5 billion Latin American fund. Uh, as several technology startups struggle to raise fresh capital, we will see consolidation in some sectors, a much needed consolidation, I must add, and sectors such as fintech. Uh, and, and then you have private equity firms, which are sitting on more than more or less $7 billion in dry powder. Um, they should be active players in Latin America's M&A sector and take advantage of the economic uncertainty to snatch up companies. Um, I, for, for instance, in September, um, a company called International Holdings, which is a company controlled by Abu Dhabi's royal family, tried to acquire up to 31.2% of Colombia's food manufacturing, Grupo Nutresa, which is a huge company in, in, in Colombia. Uh, nothing like that would have happened before. But I think now... It's the right time for international uh, uh, companies to come into Latin America and snatch up companies. And on top of that, you have the depreciation of most of the region's currency, which makes it a bit cheaper for international buyers to to buy companies right now. So it, it, it's sort of in, in crisis modes, there's going to be winners and losers. But I think at least in the technology sector and startups, there's going to be a much needed consolidation. We saw a wave of um new tech startups from fintech, pet care, insurtech, and a lot of those, um, they don't have the right business model. And I think this is going to sort of make that consolation, leave only those that are worth um, continue to operate, I guess. Great. Carlos, thanks very much. That was Carlos Martinez, the deputy editor for Merger Market in Latin America, speaking to me from Bogotá. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alerts. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.